All right, show to Cameron, John Ritchie. It is 94 WIP. Gearing up for the playoffs. Playoffs start Saturday. Eagles the following weekend, of course, either on Saturday or Sunday, depending on who they'll play. Ray Dittinger with us in studio as well for a good stretch here today. And uh, today gets uh, even better. This is like better on top of better. Ray, just to be clear, I wasn't saying Jaws is better than you. I was saying good times <laughs> on top of more good times. It was the implication. As we talked to our buddy, he does a great job covering the Eagles. And, of course, he did a great job leading the Eagles, Mr. Ron Jaworski. Hey, doing, Joss? Joe doing fantastic, my friend. Good to be with Ray. And nice to have Ray will be joining us on the pre- and post-game show in the playoffs for the Eagles. So, I'm, man, looking, for- of- I'm looking forward to rejoining to you, Ron. It's going to be a blast. Well, you know, Ray and I are doing work together, I guess, probably since going back to well, when I came to Philly in 1978, Ray, <laughs> we got we to gotta date ourselves a little bit, but uh, it's going to be fun. It's always fun. This team's playing really good football right now, so it's an exciting time of the year, and it's great to have you back. Love it. Love it, Ray. Yeah, and we're so happy to have you here today, Ray. So, Jaws, let's get to it. Let's, let's tap into that perspective. You referenced the 70s, and obviously you guys made the playoffs late 70s and, and early 80s. Um, the mindset of the player gearing up for the postseason, I mean, the it's going to get really real really fast. What is the mindset of the athlete as you experienced it and as you know Jalen Hurts, as you think he's experienced in it, trying to get ready for this? Number one, excitement. You know, the, the goal when you go to training camp day one from the coach, when he puts, goes up on the board and puts down the, you know, the goals for the year, it's number one, you know, you want to win the Vince Lombardi trophy, be the Super Bowl champions. But then it comes second, okay, you want to win your division and want to procure that bye week. Well, now, the Eagles have got the bye week. They won the division. The excitement begins to build. It'll be a little quiet right now because they don't play this week. But, boy, next week, you know, when that locker room door opens up and all the media is there, the players really understand the magnitude of playoff games. And for the young guys, they really need, they really need the veterans to get them ready for what's about to happen in the playoffs. It's a different brand of football. Jaws, a month ago, you expressed extreme confidence in this Eagles team. I mean, more than we'd ever heard you express in a team. How much has that wavered? Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you, it's wavered a little bit. You know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, the two performances by, you know, Gardner Minshew helped give us a positive feel. And it certainly wasn't a good performance against the New York Giants. Say we want about it. Uh, they have to play better than they played against a Giant team that uh, rested all their players uh, pretty much. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer in momentum and playing your best football you know, when you start to get to the playoffs and into the playoffs. And, you know, you got to be realistic. I mean, we're going to be homers. We're going to go rah, rah, go Eagles. And, you know, that, that's just the way we are. But you got to be careful, at least in our position, where we got to be objective. And, you know, look at how well the 49ers are playing right now. They are they're playing really good football. Dallas, I've never worried about Dallas. You know, I just haven't. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, but I think if you look at it, the 49ers are a team right now that's playing their best football. They're the hottest team in the league right now going into the playoffs. So that would be. That is my only concern. Other than that, like three weeks ago, I said no one's touching the Eagles. I said, no one's touching the Eagles. They were playing that right. good of football. Right now, I'm a little bit concerned. And obviously, Jalen didn't look like Jalen last week either. Uh, you know, and I, hey, granted, he was off two weeks. But, you know, hey, we, we question this every time I was at least on your show, and you guys question every show you do. you got to have a healthy quarterback. And clearly to me, he didn't play like he was healthy. How much does Brock Purdy hold that 49ers team back? <laughs> very little right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. As, as I've looked at the 49er tape, you wouldn't know this kid is a rookie. You mm. just wouldn't know it. You know, he came out of college. He started 48 games. You know, granted, he was a seventh-round draft first, but when you watch him as he's integrated into this 
offense in, in San Francisco, he's a fit. You know, this isn't a bombing team. This is a short, quick passing team, kind of right. the old Bill Walsh, West Coast style, you know, short pass, long run, and they've got incredibly skilled athletes. And Christian McCafferty has really opened up that offense with the running game, now that augments that short, quick passing game. And their offensive line is healthy, and their defense is tough. Jaws, a couple times now, Nick Sirianni after the game the other day and his press conference yesterday, they talked about self-scouting during this bye week. If you're Sirianni, what specifically are you working on? And I mean, give us the list, like one to five, whatever you think's on it. Like John thinks they should change. No, John thinks they should try out new punters. Like that's how deep we're going. Like what, what, what should they look at, and what should they attack? Uh, I would probably agree with John. <laughs> we, 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 the, the funny game has not been very good, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I, you know, the, the one area that I think jumps out at me a little bit is when Driscoll is at right tackle. He's not Lane Johnson. You know, Lane Johnson arguably could be the Eagles' best player. Maybe not most valuable, but best player. Guys have given up a sack since my hair was a different color. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's how good he's playing. And you lose him, and Driscoll comes in, and he's a good, good, solid player. But he's a backup, and we always have to understand backup players are not as good as starters. And when I see some of the scheme, I, 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 I got to admit, I, I, I wonder why they do some things and not give Driscoll more help when he's on the field. Hmm. And, and it's it, it just, you know, maybe they have a plan. Maybe they have a reason. Maybe the ball's coming out quick. Whatever it is, but I don't see him getting enough help when you know there's a fall off at that position. One of the things, Jaws, that – and, Ray, I'm curious your thoughts also. John, this, John has been hammering this for days and to a certain extent months that when the Eagles are blitzed because of the nature of the type of plays they run, they don't have wide receivers turn and look at, you know, hot routes for Jalen Hurts to be able to just hit a player and let's just keep it moving. Quick, easy reception, six yards, 10 yards, 12 yards. Um, Ray, Jaws, is that a flaw in the Eagles offense or is that just a product of Hurts at this stage, the type of routes, the, the, the offense they run, and the wide receivers? Go ahead, Ray. Uh, it seems to me like you should be – I mean, this seems to be a team, in terms of its personnel, would seem to be ideally equipped to deal with the hot routes. I mean, you've got you've got Devontae Smith, who runs great patterns and can run the outcut to the sideline beautifully, and you probably have the best slant route runner in the, all of football in A.J. Brown. So, to me, if it's a matter of adjusting, it, you got two receivers there that can adjust to the hot route better than almost anybody. Joss, can you do it when you have an RPO offense where Hertz has to spend time putting the ball in Miles Sanders' belly, whether he's yeah, going to sure. give it to him or not? It Does it sure. work? Absolutely, and I agree with Ray. This receiving court can run the slant route. It is a major part of their, their game plan every single week because they're so good at it. But I think what, I, what you're alluding to, Joe, is when you don't have those plays called where there's a quick slant and they come with a blitz, you have to have, you have, to have blitz beaters built into your offense yeah. not a call slant but a sight adjust right 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 it all happens once you don't know until the ball is snapped and it's an area that i i've kind of questioned this year a number of times uh, this team gets blitzed a lot by the way teams seem to come after jalen hurts and this scheme but i don't see enough of the sight adjustment when the ball is snapped that's different now sometimes you got blitz beaters built into your offense where backside of a play you may have a hot route just to get the ball out of your hand but I, I, it's one area that I've kind of questioned as I've looked at the tape. Right. There weren't enough of those plays where once the ball is snapped, the receivers broke their routes to adjust for that blitz. Is two weeks enough to enough time to fix that? I mean, they, yeah, I, they haven't done it all year. Uh, I, I think it's more difficult when it's not part of your scheme, but you can certainly mm-hmm. uh, go a different route and call plays that have a built-in blitz mm-hmm. beater in the play call. 
How much faith do you have in our run game if Jalen's limited and being protected by the way they call it? Uh, when do they call it? Again, if there's one thing, you know, we're, we're, I'm talking about a, you know, a 14-3 football team and I'm looking for something to question, yeah. I, I, sometimes, I sometimes wonder why they get away from the run. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it reminds me, and by the way, I, I did speak to Dick Real this morning. We were having some conversations about the playoffs and blah, blah. And it brought back a memory of Mike Marks. You know, when the Rams had the greatest show on turf and the Super Bowl champion and all that. And Dick, Dick would have to go up to Mike March and stop him, like in the middle of the first quarter or second quarter, and say, hey, Mike, number 28, number 28, yeah. number, that being Marshall's fault. Yep. Get in the damn football. You know, <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what we do best. That sets up everything we do, the balance and offense, the play action passing. Make the team defend the run first, and oh, my goodness, does that open up everything else. As a quarterback, most big plays in my career, and you could probably ask any quarterback that played at the NFL level, most big plays come off a play-action passing game where you suck the defense in and create voids in the secondary, get linebackers out of position, get cornerbacks peering into the backfield. The big plays when you make a defense respect the run. Hey, Jaws, uh, looking forward, we know that Jalen's got a big negotiation coming up after this year. How much does his injury work against him in that negotiation not just considering the way it's looked this year but last year he was injured then and also the way that this team was burnt essentially by Carson Wentz never really being available in the postseason yeah that's what makes this decision so difficult when do you start discussing the contract with Jalen Hurts we all know hey he's become you know maybe a top five or six quarterback now in this league however you mentioned the injuries. And then you, you look at what's happened with, you know, Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. These teams have in, invested, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in these guys, and, and, and you're not going to get your money out of them because they're hurt. And all of a sudden, when you, when you give your quarterback that kind of money, it limits paying all the other players, acquiring yeah. free agents, paying draft choices. So it really backs you into a corner when you pay the quarterback all that money. And especially if you pay him all that money like Kyler Murray, and he gets hurt, he's going to be out probably over a year. The Arizona Cardinals are dead for a long time. They're dead for a long time because of that. So you've got to be very careful as an organization. I'm not saying the Eagles, but any organization, that you don't pay a guy that's injury-prone and that runs a lot. It's, it's, a real, it's a real tough question that they're going to have to answer internally. Jaws, great chance the Eagles will play uh, either Dallas or Tampa. It's not definite, but likely one of those two. We're getting a lot of different reasons for why people want to play Dallas or Tampa. Mike Quick said yesterday he wants to play Dallas because he thinks it'd be more fun to beat them. Uh, John and I think Tampa is the better matchup because it'd be easier to beat them. What's your preference and why of who the Eagles would play in that game? Uh, I'd rather play Dallas because I always just like to beat Dallas. That's just <laughs> that's just that, that's my heart, you know. Uh, I think it'd be I think it'd be just a, a good matchup game. But I, I, and quite honestly, I don't want to play Tampa. I, you know, Brady is very, very good. And we lost them last year in the playoffs. And, you know, when I say Brady, I talk about the offense. And when you got to switch this over, you got to look to the defense. Todd Bowles is brilliant when it comes to designing schemes to mobilize quarterbacks, the mobile quarterback. And he did it last year with, with Jalen. You remember all those safeties and corner catch he came with, those blitzes, and yeah. Jalen had an off game in that game. Now, we didn't have A.J. Brown in that game either. That makes a difference. But still, I think when you look at Tampa, I don't want to see Brady because he's not going to make mistakes, and their defense is going to cause problems for this Eagles offense by design. Charles, wonderful stuff. 
Love it. We'll be talking to you next week when we know who they'll face. Enjoy these six games this weekend. By the way, do you like the Monday night game, Jaws, or do you find that irritating? We know it helps the Eagles if they get to play one of those two teams on a short week, but do you think the Monday night game is good for the NFL? Is that irritating as a, as a viewer? I think it's unfair. It, it, it's great. It, it's great as a viewer. You're going to see, a, you know, a prime game. But if you're a player, you go, man, we got if we win Monday night, look at the short week we're on. You know, yeah. I think I, I think it's a, it's an unfair advantage for the team that has time off. It's a tough one. It is. Jaws, great yep. stuff, man. We'll talk to you next All week. Right. Thanks, Jaws. I right, love you guys, Thanks, man. Jaws. Be you safe. too, man. See you, Ron. Right. Ray, what's your opinion on that? I mean, first off, I had forgotten until I saw the schedule that they did the Monday thing. I I think the last year or two. I agree with Jaws. I think it's unfair. Um. Your opinion of the because by the way, it's also the most intriguing matchup. I mean, I mean certainly from our standpoint. Oh sure. So we don't get to see it until Monday. No, Monday we'll be all geeked up for. It. I forget what it was. <laughs> I, uh, my girlfriend and I were going to have something on Monday. I'm like, uh, no, we're not. Forget that. Tampa Monday, Monday night. Um, Tampa Dallas. I mean, what's your opinion on it? Oh, it's, uh, it stinks. It, it stinks. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's now I, under, I understand from a TV standpoint, the networks love it. I mean, you got Tom Brady against the Cowboys on prime time. I mean, it's, it's for, for their purposes, it's great. And it's going to get a huge number. Yes, it will. It's going to get a huge rating number, which you know, it's going to make everybody happy. and Everybody's going to make a lot of money. But from a player standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, no, it's, it's, it's terrible. All right. The Didion Studio, 94 WIP HD1 Philadelphia, as we broadcast here from the Tasty Cake Studio. To the phones, let's talk to Robert right now in Germantown. Hi, Robert. Hey, good, good, good show. Listening to you guys for a while. Good to hear Ray back, and real pleased to hear your show is going to be uh, back at the Bucks County Playhouse, Ray. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. How you been, Robert? Oh, I've been good. Been good. Uh, look, you know, so um, I was thinking that uh, the national championship game was what I was hoping the Eagles would have done on Sunday, guys. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think they were I mean, hoping they could have done Just that. as long as they were on the 62 side or 63, not the 7 yeah. side. Yeah, I mean, I wanted us, you know, <laughs> we're going against the second, third string guys for the Giants. We should have stopped them, made a, made a real loud statement going into the playoffs. But remember, but, they were specifically Robert. They Could the Eagles have won by more if they had, I'll use the word tried to win by more? Yeah, I think they could have. But that could have been at the risk of Jalen being more exposed and potentially injured. And I think the Eagles' strategy was a wise one. Well, yeah, perhaps. We'll see in a minute. But a quick question for all three of you. Somebody over there turned me on to watching Yellowstone. I think it was James Seltzer. You know, someone talked it, it up. It was not me. Well, it might have been me. I mean, it's very good. The two Ray, of you, those two watch yeah. it, I don't. So and, and, Ray, one of those two. and Ray knows I'm uh, Montana Joe, if you remember yeah. that whole <laughs> so I, so I become addicted. Rancher. I become, I become sort of addicted to the show, and I actually wrote a letter suggesting a few plot points for the Taylor Sheridan. But here's my question, guys. Yeah. One of the things they haven't covered, they they haven't talked about how important football is in that whole cowboy culture. Did you notice that? Well, remember they don't have a team in Montana. Sure. They so do. you Every know, high school in Texas has a six-man team. Yeah, yeah but they're not in, other than Jimmy when he gets they're sent in Montana. Down, yeah, they're in Montana. Yeah, they're, Robert. Yeah, but yeah, but the, you know, I, in Canada, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, yeah, but, uh, where I'm from, uh, uh, everyone plays football, guys. Well, it's a huge uh, thing. Uh, I don't know about every all that. Cow, every cow, every cowboy I knew was bragging about playing for some junior team at Saskatchewan or the University of Saskatchewan. It was just part of that. All right, well, we, that. we see it a little different. All right, Robert, give me a great answer. Something you initially did not like and came around on. Didn't like Bobby Knight till I spent a weekend with him at a coaching clinic. 
Wow. He's just a really nice down-to-earth guy, believe it or not, when he's sitting with coaches. And, you know, you know, public persona was this crazy madman kind of character, right? But in real life, decent guy, brilliant coach. Well, here's the thing, and I never met him. Decent guy, obviously, when he's in a good mood. Bad guy when he's in a bad mood. I mean, come on. Ray, his whole – did you ever meet Bobby Knight, Ray? Oh, yeah. What's the deal? Oh, he's a bully. Yeah. He's a bully. Uh, and uh, – I'm sure. I'm sure when he's sitting with a bunch of other basketball coaches, he's a fine fellow. Uh, but um, I mean, I've seen him in press conferences, uh, in Final Fours and in regionals. Back when I was a newspaper guy, I had to cover some of them. In fact, he won a national championship right here in Philadelphia. Um, one of his national championships was won here with the Isaiah Thomas team. Yep. They beat North Carolina, and he was just impossible. He was just insufferable. <laughs> uh, I mean, people would have, people would ask him a perfectly valid. Good question. Uh, and he would make them feel stupid. He would turn the thing around and, you know, what do you ask? What, what, do, you, what, what, do, you, what, what do you mean? Do you know anything about basketball? Why would you ask me? And it was just purely, it was just purely out of meanness. Was he always like that or did, did that grow worse with success? Well, I don't know all the way back. I mean, I don't know what he was like as a college player at Ohio State or when he started out and stuff. I mean, probably the years he spent with Bill Parcells at Army didn't totally. do him any good. You know, I mean, I mean I, he was Coach K's coach at Army, and I think he was, uh, from what I've read on Bobby Knight, I think what we see is what he is. Yeah, he's just a bully. Yeah, he's, he's just a bully. And when when he can push people around and humiliate people and embarrass them, he will do that. And I. I have trouble. Hmm. I have. A, I don't have a whole lot of respect for people. By the I, way, res- co- I respect him as a coach. I right. respect what he accomplished. Oh, he but the way he treats people to me is unnecessary. And by the way, Coach K's done with him. I didn't know. Oh yeah, they had an interaction a few years back, and Coach K said no more. Because you know, Coach K is a you know reasonable guy, tough dude, but reasonable. And Coach K kept giving him Bobby Knight the benefit of the doubt. Huh. And a few years ago, Coach K was like, "All right, that's it. I'm done." Like, I, I've had enough of the interactions where he's rude to me. And I'm Coach K. Like, are, are you kidding me? Well, Parcells, right. Parcells, and, uh, Parcells and Knight still have a, a big friendship. They still stay in touch. And, uh, and in many ways, they're very alike. They're, they, they really are very alike. And every year, uh, Parcells would bring Knight in to address his football team, either in training camp or somewhere along the line. He would bring Bobby Knight in to talk to his football team. And it was – um, it was always it was always pretty funny the way uh, the way Knight would address a bunch of pro football players. It was actually it was actually kind of funny. So, I remember one time he said, you know, how many of you guys? This is just one example. He said, how many of you guys in this room have read books on um, what it takes to win? And of course, everybody put their oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure okay it's all right all right that's fine. How many of you have ever read books on how you lose? And everybody looked and see Knight said, see, you got to find those books. Read those, and everything that it says in there, don't do it. <laughs> right, exactly. you got you to try to not lose a game before you can try to win it. That's Parcells' simplistic philosophy. Oh, my God. All right, to the phones, our buddy Sparty. We haven't talked to him in a while. What's up, Sparty? Hey, fellas, how you doing? Great, Sparty. Hey, good. Ray, Ray it's, it's a pleasure. I, I didn't get a chance to call in. I don't get a chance to call in much, but um, I didn't get a chance to call in during your uh, kind of farewell tour, but – want to let you know man uh, i took my son to see you in westchester kind of your your history of football history of the nfl oh, talk, glad, and glad you came out for that yeah and then him and i would travel over the last four to five years to regional baseball tournaments and, and he loved listening to your knowledge about the his, history of the nfl players the eagles so it had an impact on a young man well man. thank you very like much many. i hope it was so. a positive impact it was absolutely a positive impact. I, I've neutralized that because I, I provide a lot of uh, a negative influence. But <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Um, 
Hey, Joe, how'd you sleep last night? I slept great, man. I had this whole contraption hooked up to me. Um, got about seven hours. Uh, I'm going to turn it into the doctor for the sleep study. I feel good about it. Nice. Oh, beautiful. Well, I had a quick Eagles point, but I wanted to – there was some news that was kind of shared yesterday uh, on the show that I thought was, was pretty shocking. I know a few years ago, Joe, you kind of portrayed yourself as an eighth-grade, up-and-coming, kind of Ronnie Lott type of downhill-thumping defensive back and, yeah. and that you lost your job to a, to a hit pointer. And I was really no, I shocked. lost my job before the hit pointer. I lost my role on the team because of the hit pointer. I was just stunned yesterday to learn. I think many of us are stunned to learn that you lost your job due to lack of football talent. I was shocked. Well, I know it does come as a surprise because you do think of me in that lot, Nitschke, Benaric sort of way. I get it. <laughs> um, but it turns out I was more of a um, – let me give you a good analogy here. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Lucas, I was going to say Punter. Patrick. I was going to say Patrick Chung when he was an Eagle before he got good as That's a Patriot. I think Lucas makes a lot Lucas. More sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. I was Lucas. <laughs> I was the Timmy Lupus from baseball, and the Lucas from football. I don't know. I was sort of going Bobby Boucher, but maybe Bobby that's Boucher. just me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, right. that's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, quick Eagles point. Jaw said it best. You know, despite the fact that, you know, in my opinion, they have some vanilla coordinators. Uh, they have a ton of leadership. They've been there. These guys know what's at stake, and they're going to come ready to play. I think they're going to play at a high level. They get back to playing where they were, you know, early in the season, and I think they're going to get it done. I just, I just, my hope is that the defense plays well enough again and gets a job, and uh, we can get Vic Fangio in here. That's what I'm hoping. We'll say, Sparty, what'd you come around on liking? Give me a great answer. Yeah, this is a change my wife forced us to make. I was kicking and screaming three to four years ago. The switch from cable to streaming. Wow, interesting. Well, a lot of people have done it, and if you can do it and be happy, you can save an awful lot of money. I mean, Seltzer, you're, you're a streamer, right? Yep, love it. It's awesome. And you save? I don't miss anything. I save a ton of money. It's great. Ray, the cable bill really is outrageous in society. It is just it's a, it's a runaway train these days. Yeah, um, I guess if you, if, you, if you belong to all of those subscription services, uh, it can really run into a lot of money. You can get up to 250 or two. I don't know what I'm at these days, but it really is yeah, crazy. It's ridiculous, too. But I'm afraid that I'll miss games I know. if I don't have it. I know. And then if you certain shows you want to see, and then you sign up for six different ways to look at shows, and it, you might only use two at a time, and you're paying for the other four, and the whole thing's ridiculous. By the way, um, speaking of things you pay for, yesterday after the show, John, I paid for a movie, and I'm mighty, mighty glad I did. Uh, I won't say much because I know a lot of people have not seen it, but I will give a pretty strong recommendation for the movie Babylon, which wow, is in theaters I'm right now. Wow, I'm shocked you liked Babylon. I liked it, and I liked it a I'm lot. I'm floored by this. It is a very unconventional it's movie. Ambitious. It's, it's an ambitious movie. Listen, it's, it's long. It's like over three hours. Three too. hours. Extremely unique. And I won't say much. I'm like floored by that. I would have never. Have you seen it, James? Yeah, I would never guess you like Babylon. Yeah, come on, man. Ever. I, it's cool. I'm I think Montana Joe's got this in her. <laughs> and this is about like the the, the golden years of Hollywood. Of Hollywood. Yeah. Silent, yeah. silent movies. Transitioning from yeah. Damien Chazelle, to, right. the guy who made Whiplash and La La Land and a bunch of stuff. It's very offbeat. I mean, it's. Ve- I'm not going to say much. I'll just say it's very different. Um, Seltzer, it's got you know. You, I know you're a fan. When a you lot get, of people, yeah, Brad Pitt, you get some, you get Margot some... Robbie is amazing in it. She's phenomenal. See, he, he he cut me off. Right? I was going to say a line, then you say Margot Robbie, and I can't say it. I was going to say it's be? got some full frontal, <laughs> but you know, then you started not her, not Margot Robbie full frontal, not Brad Pitt full frontal, just some random full frontal. But uh, full frontal's in there. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're How about it, if you're into that kind of thing, let's go to the phone. It's a criteria for you. Kind of thing. <laughs> it's one of the main reasons he liked the movie. Yeah. All right, let's talk. 
<laughs> not really. Let's go to Kyle. Uh, kind of helps a little bit. Kyle, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. What's up? What's going on? Hi, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. How are you? Um, yeah, I want to talk about, I've been, you know, everybody, I'm not one of the people. I actually, I kind of really like Gannon, but everybody seems so hell-bent on wanting Gannon to be out of here. And, I mean, I don't really know how the whole dynamics with, like, the coaching and all that go. I, I believe it is, like, when a team has, a coach under contract, they can block it, but they don't normally block a coach. From, no, they can't block. No, no, a promotion. They right? can. They can block a, a a coach, not a coordinator coach, but a, a position coach, from becoming a coordinator. I think for one year, I believe it is, but they cannot block a coordinator from becoming a head coach. Oh, okay. See that because that that's what I was afraid of. If Gannon were to go, like I don't know what his connections throughout the league are with whatever, but I was kind of afraid that you know he might want to take Brian Johnson with him to end up being his offensive coordinator. A lot of times that doesn't happen. A lot of times there's an understanding that when you like when Gannon gets hired or Steichen gets hired, that if you get the chance to go somewhere else, you don't raid. The guy that gave you the job initially, you don't raid his coaching staff. Now, I do oh, okay. think when, Siri, when Sirianni came here, trying to think here, did Gannon? No, Gannon didn't come from Indy, so he he followed Gannon, protocol. Gannon came from Indy. Gannon did. Yeah. It, okay, so he, he took was the defensive backs coach. All right, so he took one coach from yeah. Indy. Okay, so you know, but but a lot of yeah, times you, there were a couple coaches. other guys. Yeah, Kevin Petulo or whatever was from Indy too. The like offensive guy who was second to Steichen or whatever. They had a couple guys he took from Indy. I mean, that's a little unusual from what I understand because that kind of does Frank Reich a little dirty at that time. Anyway, yeah, I was just thinking it about it because yeah. because I, I was thinking that um, that it was going to like that would put Brian Johnson almost at a forefront of like you know what I mean towards a head coaching job because of what he did with Jalen yep. Hurts and we'll just say they go to Houston they could end up with a number one draft. I mean they could. They could do that, you know. Hey, give me a great so, answer, Kyle. Uh, something right, you initially um, didn't love, and now you do. My answer would be the taste of beer. What a great answer. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know anybody the first time you drink beer. What a phenomenal beer, answer. You think it's good. I mean, it's it's not it's not tasty. But it becomes tasty. Like I love beer now. That's a great answer. That becomes a means to an end. I don't know how tasty oh, it is. You don't like beer? I don't know. Yeah, the taste of beer. Yeah. Oh, beer's great. Yeah. All kinds of different, you know. It's a means to an end. Ray, Ray knows crazy. what I'm talking well, about. Ray That's doesn't a... drink beer. It's oh, a well, then Ray situation. doesn't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay, well, it's not a means to an end. <laughs> hey, Ray, this Gannon and Steichen thing headed uh, to interviews. Mm-hmm. Does that concern you for the Eagles in the postseason? Forget next season. Does it does it worry you a little bit? These guys are gearing up for interviews, and this is also supposed to be the hey guys, let's dig in right now and figure out what we need to improve on. Um, it's not ideal. No, no, it's 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 not ideal. Um, I've often thought, uh, I this sounds awfully restrictive and probably unfair. Uh, I've I've often thought that they that the league shouldn't allow it. That. You know, and I know I know it puts other teams behind the eight ball when they're trying to hire coaches and stuff. But I, I just don't know. I mean, it's, I I don't know that I'm all that comfortable with having coaches, even if it's in a bye week, going off and doing interviews. Because okay, you're you're only in that other city interviewing for a day or two. You know, but you mean to tell me you're not thinking about that after right. you come home and studying? For yeah. That? And by uh, the yeah, way, the last yeah. three or four weeks also. Let's be real, John. This isn't something that just started. You know, last night. I mean, if you're Steichen and Gannon, and by the way, you have an agent, and the agents talk to the the owners and the general managers around football, 
you know, to whatever extent they, they have access to owners and certainly GMs. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you get to December 1st, and it's very obvious, hey, these five to ten coaches might get fired. Here are, the, here are the jobs that could be open. Here are the jobs you know will be open. And, you know, I don't know how on December 1st you're not starting the – I mean, let's put it this way. If I'm making $2 million, I don't know what a coordinator makes these days. Let's just say it's about $2 million, and I got a chance to go make $6 million as a head coach. December 1st, I'm digging in on preparing for that January 15th interview. I just am. Why wouldn't I? I mean, because one of the things you got to do, I mean, Ray, you know the deal. You got to assemble a staff. Mm -hmm. It's not just what's my scheme, what's my personality, how do I lead? It's who am I bringing with me? Mm -hmm. And how am I beating the other head coaches that are new and the other head coaches that are established in the jockeying of January 10, January 15, January 20 coaches all around the lake changing teams? So, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Have you ever, um, have Joe, have you ever been to the Senior Bowl? No. Okay. I know John has. John was know. next to Siri, uh, next to uh, Howie and Lori and uh, Peterson with the the windbreakers with the wind. <laughs> I've, I've been to a, I've, I've been He's to yelling, a, get Julian off the field. I've been to a number. I'm I've, just been, I've been to a number of Senior Bowls, and one of the one of the saddest things about the there's a lot of cool stuff about the Super uh, about the Senior Bowl just because you get to see these guys up close and all the coaches and the GMs are there and there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of information being traded around but. One of the sad parts about it is is all of the all of the unemployed coaches yeah. that are down there, and they all kind of stand they all kind of stand yeah. together in the end zone because they're not part of the group that's on the sidelines that actually working, but they're all kind of in the there's this big group of guys that are off to the side, and they're all the coaches that have been fired, oh. and it's all the coaches that are looking for jobs. And as soon as the guys who the current coaches, as soon as practice is over, you see these guys just kind of start milling around and just handing guys my business card. Here's my phone number. You need a line coach. You need a linebacker coach. I can. Wow. It's and and some of them are big coaches. I mean, some of them are guys who got Super Bowl rings on. And but at the end of the year, it's like a clearinghouse, and all the staffs that get fired, they all wind up in Mobile, and they're all just standing there, just sort of with their hands in their pockets, looking for a job. It's incredible. It's really a shame. Really unbelievable. Let's go to the Sledgehammer Mark in Collegeville. Hi, Sledge. Joe, John, Happy New Year, guys. How's life treating you? Great, Mark. Oh, good, Sledgy. That's good. Ray Diddy, how the heck are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So what was it? Did you miss us, and you had to come back and? Get a fix? <laughs> well, yeah, that was part of <laughs> get it. Get a fix. I like that. That's, it was just you, Sledge. You miss you, buddy. Yeah, you figured it out. Okay. that's You, you got well, me. That, Maybe it's 14-3, and three, Sledge. You know I mean? Come on. This is a special year. Ray, well, Ray, makes, Ray's got to get on the record with 14-3. and three. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it's like self to say you miss me because, Joe, when you're not around, nobody misses you. We throw a party. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm used to it. No, but I'm just kidding. But, Ray, it's great to hear you again. We miss you like crazy. Well, thank you. But um, one thing I wanted to touch on that you guys haven't really touched on, and I really wanted to get your opinion and Richie's opinion, uh, Lane Johnson, with this injury he has, now correct me if I'm wrong, with alignment, most of your power is right there in the, in, in the core, you know, to get off the line, to get up to the block and whatnot. With him having this injury and not getting the surgery, how is that going to hinder his performance and being able to do what he needs to do or lack thereof. Yeah, I absolutely think it'll affect him. Uh, I know that they'll do everything they can medically to make him feel better, and that will help. But there's definitely a, you know, if, if you're shooting a groin up, essentially, 
you do have a compromised muscle still. It doesn't hurt, but it's not as strong. And so I think, yeah, he'll have less power. He'll have less explosiveness, and that's part of what makes him so great. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, – I understand his toughness and his willing to want to help the team get to the promised land, but that at the same time, I don't want him to hurt himself further to where this could drag into next season. So I don't that, think that's would, I don't think that's likely. I, I mean, yeah. they're pro- they're gonna have to fix it, uh, from what I understand after the season anyway. So uh, this is this is something that he sounds like he's committed to playing with, and they understand the risk and and everything that goes with it. And it's just a matter of whether I, I know he's tough. Uh, and they'll figure out a way to make it work. It's just a matter of how much worse will he play being compromised. Sledge, give me a big answer, man. What uh, is something or who is someone you initially did not like and came around on liking? Well, you guys are going through this now, and I went through it. Having to get up early, you know, get to go to work, mm. I hated it. Now I'm starting to get used to it. I love it now. It's oh. an interesting answer. I've heard other people say that about that that move to morning. Good. That's, yeah. That's what I want to hear. Ray, how are we going to do it? How, how, how's, how's Richie Seltzer and moi? I mean, this getting up at 3.30 thing. I mean, this is not – I'm not a farmer, Ray. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. Like, what – uh, good luck. I mean, it's uh, it's not my, it's not my lifestyle. That's for sure. And you know, to me, I mean, there's there's a there's a million reasons to admire what Angelo has done over his career and what he's built here at the station. But to me, the the most amazing thing is that he was able to work those hours for twenty five plus years. Yeah. I mean, that anybody could could you know turn their life upside down like that and adapt to that kind of schedule. Uh, and sustain it over that period of time to me is it's amazing. It's astounding. You know, yeah, it really is. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I'm sure you can do it, Joe. I mean, you're a, you know, I need help though, Ray. I've asked a few people, um, and no one's taken me up on this yet. Maybe you will. Uh, I'm I'm seeking one person in the Delaware Valley who will be my personal wake, wake me up at three thirty. You know, they just call call my phone and wake me up at three thirty. Ray, would you be willing to take on said responsibility? <laughs> No. Daily, by the way, Monday to Friday, three thirty a.m. Uh, very small pay. The pay is very minor. N- no, <laughs> not a, not a chance. All right, Twitter poll question. Yeah, no one's no one's taking me up on that yet. Twitter poll question dates brought to us by PI Dental Center, and they are awesome at PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing that others see when they meet you. Learn about PI Dental and uh, schedule your complimentary evaluation at pidentalcenter.com. Today's question: Are the 76ers a legitimate title? Contender. Now, before we get to the poll results, let's go around the room, take the temperature of the room. John Ritchie, are they a legit title contender? Yes. Seltzer? I'll say yes, but not as emphatically as Ritchie did. I'll say yes. Mr. Raymond Dittinger? I say yes. I say yes as well. I mean, they're in it. And by the way, parts because there's no haymaker squad out there. As if, for instance, Golden State that won it last year, I mean, they've really struggled this year. Uh, it's not like you have a traditional LeBron team. I mean, they might not even make the playoffs, the Lakers. Um, obviously, you know, in the East, we know the teams in Brooklyn and Boston and Milwaukee, you know. Sixers are just about right there with them. They're three and a half back of Boston, game back of Milwaukee, two games back of Brooklyn. This is after the Sixers had massive injuries for a month. So I think they're in the mix. John, where do you think our poll results came in today on Twitter? Yes, they are a legit contender for the title. No, they're not. 68% say yes. So we get this about twice a year, the 
Wow. 50% of people the say they are. Poll. Yeah. The perfect poll. The perfect poll. <laughs> the perfect poll. So what are the no's thinking? Is it a non-belief in Embiid's health? And I think Come it's playoff just, time, I guess. And I think it's just that this team has gotten out of the second round. Right. That, you know, I think it's just the year after year. It's like a yeah. lot of people are like, eh, I just don't believe it. I agree. They don't believe in Doc. I think a lot of people don't believe in the coach. I yeah. think that's a big part of it. Big part of it. Um, Harden, too. Harden. Yep. Never Something won. always goes wrong. The teams they've beaten, I mean, I could look them all up. But, John, obviously what they've done the last month, month and a half, I mean, it has not been a murderer's no. row squad. I mean, and it's regular season basketball. <laughs> And there was a point in time where it felt like everyone on this team's feet were made out of glass. I mean, that's the, the injuries racking up, but now recovered from, like, I don't have complete faith that they stay consistently uninjured for the rest of the regular well, season. Well, clearly not. Just a matter of time. What really matters is the big guy come playoffs. You know, let me yeah. actually switch to an Eagles topic related to that sort of thing. Ray, um, John asked a very interesting question to Joss about Jalen's contract, and I'm curious – your sense of where this heads. John referenced something about Hertz that, you know, obviously he's not going to be a full go come playoff time. I mean, we don't think. And he might be he might be pretty significantly hampered. I mean, you referred to him earlier today, Ray, as uh, injured. Mm-hmm. Injured. Yeah, that to me he is. Yeah, and I think you're right about that, by the way. I mean, he, he did not look the way they – well, actually, let's get to what Nick Sirianni said, and I want to bring this question back about the contract. But, James, let's get to the audio Sirianni – yesterday when talking about Hurts playing through pain. And, again, I didn't like the phrase, you know, uh, hell, the pain, hell, hell of a lot of pain or whatever it was. Here's what Sirianni said yesterday. Hey, Nick, another two-parter for you, unfortunately, on uh, on Jalen's Jalen's shoulder. Uh, so, first one, how did he come out of the, the Giants game physically? And uh, the second part is what's your understanding for whether he's going – is he going to have to play through pain the rest of your of the way? Is that your understanding? That, the second part of that, Tim, I'm not sure I can answer that question. Um, you know, we do, we are fortunate that, <clears throat> excuse me, we're fortunate that we have two weeks to, for the, till the next time we play, you know, as of uh, two days or, you know, depending on if it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, so we're fortunate there. And so again, like he's going to be a little bit more healthy than when, than when he, than when he was, uh, you know, obviously the other day, um, you know, he came out. He came out um, sore, as expected, right? He came out sore, sore as expected. Um, you know, Tim, he, he came out um, of that uh, of that game so, uh, sore because you know it, it's it's still healing, right? And like we didn't feel like we were putting him at any more risk of of getting more injured, but we knew it was going to hurt him like hell, and he knew it was going to hurt him like hell. But that's the kind of uh, player he is. It's the kind of teammate he is. He fought through it. Um, cause he, cause it, it was important for him to be out there and he knew it was how important it was to him and his teammates for him to be out there. When the coach who says very little about injuries says, we know it's going to hurt him like hell. And it did, you know, hurt him like hell. That, that grabs my attention. And that's a short term thing. And that's the issue for a week and a half from now when they play a playoff game. But Ray, John touched on something with Jaws. I found fascinating. The organization's institutional knowledge going back to Carson 2017, he played zero plays in the playoffs. He was injured. 2018, zero plays in the playoffs. He was injured. 2019, he entered the game healthy in the playoffs. He played, I think it was five or six snaps. He was injured. His tenure, it was like five or six plays. Last year in the playoffs. Last year, Jalen was banged up entering the playoffs. It affected him. This year, he's banged up entering the playoffs. It's probably going to affect him. We'll see if they can overcome it. Come contract time, Ray, 
How how messy does that make the dialogue between Howie Roseman and Jalen Hurts' agent? Complicates it. It definitely complicates it. Because to me, this situation is very much like last year's situation. Because coming down the stretch, you know, we knew that Hurts was injured in the final weeks of the regular season. We knew that. Uh, and Sirianni sort of talked around it. Jalen Hurts talked around it. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then they play the game in Tampa Bay. He's clearly not okay. And he comes out to meet the press, and he's in a walking boot. And the next thing you know, he's in the hospital getting surgery. So he was obviously more hurt than they were letting on then. This, to me, is kind of a similar sort of thing, except any, except the only difference is the coach is being a little more forthright, talking about the fact that, yeah, he's injured. And that's what I said to you guys. This idea that it was, he was just rusty last week is no, – I, I don't see that at all. I think, he's, I think he's hurt, and I think he's playing through an injury, a significant injury. Uh, and now it's just going to be a matter, and sort of the same thing with Lane Johnson. It's just a matter of, look, you're going to put them out there because this time of the year you need them to win, and they're just going to have to tough it out. They're just going to have to tough it out and do the best they can. But once you get through this, whatever this postseason amounts to, whether it's disappointment or whether it's a, a championship, both of which are possible, then comes the big decision about what you're going to do about his future. You know, And it's not as simple as just saying, oh, sure, you're going to sign him. Of course you're going to sign him. It's not that simple. It's really not because you do have, and Ron brought it up, and he's right. I mean, you have the memory of what happened with Carson Wentz and how you signed him to the contract with a lot of these same considerations yeah. and a lot of these same worries, and you wound up handcuffed by cause of it. You know, are you willing to, are you willing to go there again? I mean, that's something that they're going to have to talk about internally for sure. Now, I, I think they would like to lock him up. I think they would like to get this thing done because clearly he's earned it. But there are the long-term implications. It's not as simple as just doing it because everybody w- wants to do it right now. You have to look at the long-term implications, and yeah. and you only and you you just finished living it with Carson Wentz. You're going to really have to think it all over again. And and John, what hits me even more when you and again, this is a March, February, March conversation. But I'll say this: Lamar, look two hours south. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. There's a good chance he's not going to play in that game. And this is after a couple of years where he entered the playoffs either banged up or unable to play. And, you know, right. and, and I think back to the traditional pocket quarterbacks. I mean, we all know Tom Brady had the one injury the one year, and that prevented him from being able, able to go after game one of 2008. But otherwise, when it was playoff time, Tom Brady was always there. There was a time. Peyton Manning was always there. Favre, Aaron Rodgers was always there. Brett Favre always in yeah. there. There was a time where you knew that that, that marquee guy, yeah. the keystone to the entire organization, he would be – up and ready to go no matter what, come hell or high water, no matter how banged up he was, because he was never banged up enough to not be in there. And I, look, I, it's a real, I it's a I real conundrum. I what happens here. I, I wonder, does Jalen, who we all think is MVP worthy, get paid significantly less over the long haul than a pocket quarterback yeah. would? Like strictly pocket. He no, can yeah. be pocket, yeah. but he's both. And I, Will he take last? I know. And look, the flip side is someone could say, look, phone line's open for you, 215-592-9494. And I'm sure this is something we'll get into really hardcore once the season is over. But someone can say, well, look, Joe, Matthew Stafford, you can't be more of a pocket passer than him. And and he wasn't able to play at the end of the year. And he's a pocket passer. And that person would be right. I mean, Mm -hmm. this cuts both ways. But But he has been able to get out there and play. For a long time. For for decades. I agree with you. Yeah, he he had a good good run there. Um, All right, let's go to the phone. Let's talk to Mario. What's up, Mario? Hey, welcome back, Ray. How you doing? Hi, Mario. How are you? Good, good. A couple things I want to get to. Um, 
everybody's got us beating Dallas if we meet them in the playoffs. You know, I, I, I don't want to play them. You know, football, it's one and done. And, you know, they could have a really good a good game. I mean, they got good running backs. They got good receivers. You know, and Prescott, could, I know he hasn't been playing well, but he could play well in that game. You know, that's, that's one team of. You know, I really don't want to play. I'd rather play Tampa. No, I mean, that's a fair point, man. I mean, they've won four of their last five against the Eagles. The only one the Eagles had won was the one with Cooper Rush. So, I mean, it's a, I mean, that's a fair, it's a fair concern. I know everybody likes the idea of beating Dallas, but the fact of the matter is the Eagles have, you know, the Cowboys have beaten them eight of the last 11. Right, exactly. Oh, a couple things I want to get to. John, I agree with you, what you said the other day of why they're not playing Boston Scott this year that much. Um, I really don't know why. I mean, the guy's like five foot eight, but he plays like he's six foot eight. I mean, he's a good running back. He's a yeah. good player. I just wish they'd get get to him more. Uh, a couple of things, real quick. Um, what are the Eagles going to do in the off season about a backup quarterback? I think they will have uh, an, a discussion about Minshew to try to figure out if they want to bring him back. I I can't imagine that they would. I think they draft someone higher in the draft than what we would expect. See, I disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. you got to bring a young guy in who is more similar to Jalen in skill set than Gardner Minshew. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, Mario. It's a tough one. I don't think they're going to give Gardner $6 million, $5 million, whatever his number is going to jump to. No. Um, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll just make a prediction that they will sign someone else's backup. That's my Yeah, prediction. I agree with you, Joe. Uh, real quick, um, with the draft, with the 10th pick, um, I know Elliott Shore Park says possibly drafting an offensive lineman, which is a possibility. Me, personally, I have to go on the defensive line. And I think that's where their biggest need is, you know, with uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and a couple fill-ins there. you, you got to start rebuilding that there. Also, a lot of people in the later first round got the Eagles taking a running back with their, like, 30th. Oh, not in the that's first round. Crazy. Not going to happen. That's not, not going to happen. No, I don't. Think no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't go there. I, I the the other position I would think about. I, I'd think defense too, and I would think cornerback. No question, cornerback because yeah. you got two. You got two good, two really good cornerbacks right now, but they're both in their thirties. And Bradbury's on a one year contract. Um, if at number ten, do you have a real good, a really good like a lockdown corner, like a kid like the Gardner kid? What you saw what he do with the Jets this year? Mm-hmm. If there's that kind of player sitting there, it would be very hard for the Eagles to pass. I think. Totally agree, Ray. I agree with you, Ray. Mario, um, give me a big answer. What's something you didn't initially like and then came to love? Uh, how about technology? I'll write it down. I mean, I guess some aspects of technology. Technology is an all-encompassing, sweeping thing I don't think is accurate. I mean, I think when that guy was born and watched TV at the age of five, I don't think he was anti, you know, TV. Well, I think he means that, like, he's one of the, he's an old, he told me on the phone that he's like huh. an older guy and he wasn't, you know, he's kind of anti to technology. And then when he started trying it and using it, he liked yeah, it a lot more. So that makes, I think you see that. Fair enough. By the way, the Minshew, let me just say this, Rayo Minshew. Uh, a lot of us are down on him, and rightfully so, but I'm not ready to say they should definitively move off of him. Uh, I don't want him to get too much money as a backup, but, you know, I thought he was put in an, I don't know if the word's unfair, I'll just say less than ideal uh, situation where they were basically running Jalen Hurts plays while Gardner Minshew was in there. I mean, I don't I don't think that yeah, well, was, was, was the proper approach. It's on the coaches to some degree. R- Ray, why would they not? change the offense with Gardner Minshew under center. Why did they continue to run Jalen Hurts plays with Gardner Minshew? I have no idea. 
I, I had, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm saying exactly the same thing. What are, are you doing? I mean, yeah. you, you, know, you know you've changed quarterbacks. You've got to change game plans. These two guys are not the same player. Right. <laughs> and to try and pretend that you're going to play with the same player, it's just, it was just I, – I just couldn't – I just couldn't – I couldn't imagine. It was, uh, it was baffling. I mean, this coaching staff over the course of this season has done some really good things. And the, the original offensive design that they built around Hurts was really good. I mean, what you saw for, for most of the first half to two-thirds of the season – was really good. They, John, they are, they are a t- when they were really clicking, when they had all their pieces in place and they were rolling, for a defensive coordinator, they were, a, they were so right. tough to prepare for because sure. they're, they're not like any other offense. I yes. mean, every week you had to prepare for them, it was like you were preparing for a team you hadn't seen before, and it was a tremendous advantage for them. Yeah. And I kind of get that. But when you take Hurts out and you put Minshew in there, you can't possibly go at the same place because he can't execute them. Do you think it's possible that they don't feel like their offensive line can execute standard pass protection plays because they've gotten away from that so much? With Jalen Hurts under center, with all the RPO stuff, you're basically run blocking the whole game. Right. You know, and, and I think I believe you can get out of practice – at something as a player during a season as a season elapses you get away from doing certain techniques you get worse at those techniques sure is it possible they felt like the rest of the guys around Gardner Minshew couldn't pull off the adjusted offense that could be but I mean what you're talking about is something that offensive line coaches in the NFL talk about all the time now because because the guys that they're drafting out of college now mm-hmm. are completely ill-equipped to yeah. play NFL line play because everything is spread, everything is lateral movement. There's the the idea of lining up, firing out, or protecting in a pocket is it doesn't exist in college football. So when you're drafting guys, when you're drafting guys out of college now, they almost have to start from square one and teaching them how to yeah. play the pro game. Ray, um, and, and we appreciate you being with us here for this extended stay today. Let, let's get to because Chris, we got times yours coming up and, and more. Let's just get to a quick preview from your end of the divisional round games. Now, it's really unfortunate some of these games lose teeth. I mean, we know two is not going to play against the Bills. Right. We know that Lamar might not play against the Ravens. Two otherwise very intriguing games become less so if those guys don't play. Um, with that said, I'll ask you, I'll ask you other than Dallas. Well, for, let's just start Dallas and Tampa. Mm-hmm. Who do you think will win that game? I think the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys. I I just think that the Cowboys, Tampa's offensive line is just not good enough. I mean, and Dallas can rush the passer. And we all know as great as Tom Brady is, if if he doesn't have time to set up in the pocket, and you can try to quick release stuff all you want. Uh, but if if he's just if he just doesn't have time to execute, I just don't think he can do it. And I think the Cowboys, even though they've got problems, even though they've got some problems, and they're certainly not a sure bet to show up and play clean football. We know that. I mean, they, they're capable of beating themselves. But I just don't think, given the state of his offensive line, I don't see Brady winning that game. So I go with Cowboys. Do you think that's Brady's last game ever if he loses? No. No. It might, it might be his last game in Tampa, but I think, he's, right. I think, he'll, I think he'll go somewhere else. All right, let's I get do. to the Giants game. So if the Giants beat the Vikings, the Eagles will play the Giants unless yes. Seattle's won, and they're not going to win. The Giants certainly have a chance, Ray. Uh, gut feeling, Giants or Vikings? I think the Giants are going to win. I think the Giants are going to win. Uh, because, you know, Minnesota has been walking the tightrope the entire season, and I think this is the week they fall off. You know, and the one thing about the it's – ama- it's an amazing thing about this game. Do you realize you have these two teams that are in the playoffs, they're going to be playing in the playoffs, and both of them, both of them 
are minus point differential yeah. for the entire season. Yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about the fact the Vikings are, but the Giants are too. And yet here they are playing in this game. And the, the, one, th- the one constant with the Vikings is it's, it's all about Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins is playing, if, he, if, he's, if he's in the groove and he's comfortable with Jefferson out there, they can score a lot of points. But I think, I think the matchup of he against, against Martindale is a bad one for him. Because I think that they're going to find – Martindale can find a way to get free runners on the quarterback. He just can't. He does that better than anybody. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of defense that really gives Cousins problems. And I think that that's – I think the Giants are going to go up there, and I think, they're going to, I think they're going to find a way to win the game. I think they're probably going to, you know uh, – Barkley will probably run it 25 times. Uh, they'll probably try to control the clock, and I think they're going to force Cousins into a couple of turnovers that are going to be the difference. Ray, Doug Peterson at home against the Chargers. Good quarterback matchup of young guys. Yes. Doug, Jacksonville, do they win or lose? Uh, I like the way the Jaguars are playing. I, I do. Uh, and uh, their defense is finally starting to is finally starting to play. Some of the young defensive players are starting to play. Um, and they won last week in a very big game, on a game when Lawrence didn't have his best day. Uh, and you know the Jaguars have trouble stopping the pass, and the Chargers the Chargers can't stop the run yeah. at all. Do you know the Chargers allowed five point four yards per carry against this year? It's the most. It's the average. It's the highest average yards per carry against. Wow. For an NFL team since 1959, that's how that's how bad that's how bad the Chargers' run defense is. Wild, wild. And Ray, we'll wrap on this without getting a Super Bowl pick and all that, because this could spin in different directions. But agree or disagree with this? We're headed toward a collision course of a Final Four: Eagles, 49ers, Chiefs, Bills. Yes, I agree with you 100. percent I think more that's... than most years, right, Ray? Like it really feels like this is unless the Bengals get in there, and they got a shot. It really feels like this is a Final Four you can just see coming. Yeah, I, I remember right at the, at the start of our conversation, I said I saw five teams. I thought there were five teams that could possibly win it. It's these four, and then the other possible outlier would be Cincinnati, yeah. maybe. But I think it's I think we're heading to I think it's San Francisco coming here, and I think it's Buffalo going to KC. I think that's how it's going to turn out. Except that one's neutral site, but I get your point. Right. Remember they made that, and I th- I thought that well whole thing's weird they haven't picked the team they haven't picked the site yet have they they have not announced it maybe they know it but they have not announced. i heard it. some somebody said to me they thought it was going to be indianapolis because it was going to be a dome so they wanted to have good field conditions playing conditions and they thought that indianapolis was sort of halfway between kansas city and buffalo that seemed to be i don't know how true that is but somebody said they thought that there was the the initial conversation was leaning towards it makes Indy. sense just as long as it's not south philly because the eagles were eliminated and hey we're gonna stick a game in philly <laughs> boy you want to talk about snowballs being thrown on the field afc championship game in south philly with the eagles eliminated Woo! yeah i know people would be in a bad mood yes it would ray uh it is always the best to see you thank you ray my pleasure. Always good to be with you guys. The Diddy. All Take right, care. You, Ray. All right, 215-592-9494. More calls plus times yours coming up. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. $100 in free bets, whether you win or lose. That's an amazing deal. And that's what you get with FanDuel Sportsbook when you sign up using promo code HAMMER. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL same-game parlays or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, 
the more you'll get back in free bets. And, of course, all sorts of different ways you can be. You just heard us talking about the games, literally these specific games. Find the better bets that works for you and lock in. And remember, you can do so with an NFL same-game parlay, which is a great way to combine multiple bets for your chance at a larger payday with FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 94WIP. So sign up using promo code HAMMER. Check out all the options, and there are a lot of ways you can bet these games. Get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. Sign up using promo code HAMMER to make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.